Here what we go again. Yes, sir. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandon. And on this episode, we're going to set you guys up and give you our picks and predictions for this coming Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which is headlined by a big one in the bantamweight division in Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. Mm-hmm. We will also continue our all-time MMA series, and this week, the magic wheel landed on Asia. Let's go. And as always, we will hit you guys with all the news and happenings in the world of MMA, all this and so much more. But first, boys, what is up? I'm going to be so distracted. Yeah, we this, can't. We this. can't. I'll turn it off if we do. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Yeah, so we currently were recording this on Saturday night. Obviously, no fights tonight. So we were able to do another Saturday episode. And we are currently watching the triad combat debut card uh frank mir matt mitrione mike perry mm-hmm. uh we told you guys about it a couple weeks ago so we have that on in the background so we're about 20 minutes into this and there's no fighting so far we've seen metallica and shannon briggs and rampage jackson pushing each other <laughs> yeah rampage they went to the body twice that's all i'm yeah. saying man uh, those were pretty soft it was definitely fake. oh yeah no and uh now nick cannon showing off issues yeah and they're on a, they're at a triangle table so they're sticking to the theme yep everything's yeah. triangles i think mike perry might be our first fight here as well um i'm not 100 percent sure but what is up boys um how is everybody's thanksgiving very nice. It was nice. Uh, good food. A lot of laughs. Um, what did yeah. you laugh at? Oh, my dad was there. Okay. So whenever my dad's there and then Blake and my mom and all those things, my dad just goes off and it's just a good time. Okay. I mean, you you know the Willie experience. For sure. For sure. Uh, Brandon, how was it? It was good. It was it was busy. We, we have a usually pretty busy Thanksgiving because we have her families and then we have my mom. So we're, we're moving around a lot. And it's, it's a lot, man. Just like one Thanksgiving at one place is a lot. So yeah. then like doubling it is always way more. So Is anybody still eating leftovers two days later? Yeah, yeah we just cleared the, lo- the rest of I our think, leftovers. Yeah, we, we just cleared. I got a little bit left in the fridge. So, uh, Brandon, quit watching the TV for the love of God. I'm listening. There's no fight going on <laughs> right now. I still got one turkey leg left. And then I have like, like maybe a portion of like three or four different sides. So. Yeah, see, I'm out of sides. I've just got meat left, which mm. kind of bums me out because I'm more of a side. I prefer the sides. Yeah, side me up. Yeah, <laughs> left side and right side of the table. Well, boys, we got a lot to get to today. I'm actually really excited for this card this weekend. So mm-hmm. we're gonna get to it. As always, though, we do ask that you please subscribe to this podcast on mm-hmm. whatever streaming platform you are listening in on. Right. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we kindly ask that you would take just a few seconds of your time and give us a five-star written review. Yeah. And finally, if you are on social media, please give us a follow at Neon Belly Podcast on IG. Always feel free to reach out to us. Shoot us a message. Um, if anything happens in the news or a fight or whatever, and you want to sound off, give us your opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear them. We'll talk about them on the podcast after these fights this Saturday. If anything happens and you got a thought or opinion, let us know. Yeah, we'll love to talk about it. Brandon would love to say you're wrong. Always. So I was waiting. So now I'm seeing this is team. So it looks like this is like team MMA versus team boxing. So you got team rampage is all the MMA fighters I'm guessing. And then I'm guessing Shannon Briggs is going to be, yeah, there's Mike Perry. This is weird, man. I see. This is weird. This seems like something they just showed up tonight and decided like, Oh, there he is. Indiana's own. 
Matt Matreon. Ooh, bars. Yeah. <laughs> I planned it. Frank Murr. You ain't finna beat me with no Frank Murr. How does Frank Muir get earbuds into those cauliflower ears? All right, boys, let's get into it. This Saturday night, December 4th, in the band and weight division, we have the number four ranked Rob Font versus the number five ranked Jose Aldo Jr. Boys. Oof. The former featherweight king, Jose Aldo Jr., is now on a two-fight win streak in the Bantamweight division mm -hmm. with impressive wins over Marlon Chito Vera and most recently in August of this year, a unanimous decision victory over Pedro Munoz. Jose seems to have given his career a bit of a new life, 10 pounds south of a division where he once reigned on top. Boys, Rob Font is also on an impressive win streak, having won his last four straight fights most recently a unanimous decision victory over former champion cody garbrandt back in may initial thoughts let's just start there on this pretty big matchup in a pretty stacked division in the ufc i feel like both of their last performances are probably their best that we've seen yeah recently i mean aldo had a really good performance against pedro and obviously what font was able to do against garbrandt was yeah really really nice so i think they're both coming off of some of their better performances and this is like two guys is what you want out of these type of fights when you get to the top so sure. i'm pretty excited so from <clears throat> for me i guess it's like recency bias like i, I distinctly remember rob font working garbrandt especially with his jab and yeah. being long and looked really good but for whatever reason, Aldo's fight, like, I know he beat Munoz. I know he had some good leg kicks that we hadn't seen initially. Sure. Or at least for a while, but I don't remember much about that fight. Was that, it very, was it very good? Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems like I do remember the leg kicks. I don't really remember much about the fight, but I think you kind of just summed it up right there is I feel like it's going to be Rob Font's jab versus Jose Aldo with the leg kicks. Although mm. we haven't seen Jose utilize the leg kick so much, especially at Bantamweight, but... I do remember in that Pedro fight, him using him or getting back to him, it seemed like a little bit more. Um, but the biggest thing from that last fight that I remember, the most specific thing, is his boxing improved greatly. Mm -hmm. You know, I know he talked a lot about working with the, um, is it the Marine boxing? Yeah, Navy or Marine one Navy, Marine two. boxing or whatever. And I mean, to me, had noticeable improvements. Head on movement. Yeah, and, and against a guy like Pedro Munoz, who maybe isn't the most technically sound boxer, but obviously hits really hard like a freaking mm -hmm. truck and just really wasn't able to find the home on Jose and Jose did piece him up pretty well so uh, yeah I could see this being a boxing matchup but you hinted at it as well I think one of you guys did is Rob Font is so long for this division that I feel like Jose is going to have to do a little bit more than just try to stand in the pocket and box with him yeah I mean well he only has one inch reach advantage on Jose. Yeah. And what, what's funny is not remembering it is it's probably the most craziest situation we've watched a fight in. That was the bachelor party in the theater. Mm -hmm. The Pedro oh, and Aldo fight. fight yeah. Really? That was that night? Yeah. Wow. Maybe that's why I don't remember. <laughs> that's right that's what I was going to say. I was going to let you guys get off. I was like, well, maybe. Uh, but no, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, Aldo, from what I remember in the Aldo fight, boxing was really good early. He was hurting pedro a lot and then in the third he started unleashing the leg kicks and started going hard yeah, at him and for sure you know that's always been his x factor but he hasn't always gone to it but if you mix in this new type of slipping not getting hit as much in the pocket boxing for him and adding the leg kicks i think he has a really good chance of giving sure. Fong a good fight yeah well so and and this is undoubtedly obviously like i said a big fight for this division and i think under different circumstances the winner might be able to make a claim for the belt but with jan and sterling set to unify the title and tj still waiting for his shot 
Um, what do you guys think is for the I mean, I, I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week when we actually know who the winner of this fight is. Um, mm-hmm. But what would you do for the winner of this fight? Because I feel like going into it, I just read something where even Rob Fawn admitted that even with a win, he's going to be in a really weird, tough spot, mm-hmm. right? And, um, you know, you could even float the idea of like a, a, um, a Corey Sanhagen, right? Because Sanhagen, though he just lost again, um, looked really good in another very close, questionable, you know, could have mm-hmm. went either way decision loss. But it'd be really tough to give Aldo or Font Sanhagen off of a win when Sanhagen's coming off of a loss. And Two. that's a terribly dangerous fight still for yeah. anybody in the division. It would be kind of similar to like what we just ran into with the Hamzat Leon, right? Where it's like Leon kind of deserving of a title shot. Let's not feed him this guy that, you know, realistically mm-hmm. has good chances. You know, it just doesn't make sense stylistically. Right. And I feel like it's kind of a similar thing with whoever wins this fight is, you know, there's not really much more you can do other than a Sanhagen, but that's a horrible fight for either of these guys, right. I think. You know, or and not not saying it's not a winnable fight, but mm-hmm. stylistically matches matches up really well for you know Sanhagen yeah well and Sanhagen's coming off of two losses now. sure but against you know no, for sure and then the but here's guys. the here's the thing I think is a positive for both of them whoever comes out of this who's winning both of the guys depending on what happens both of the guys who want the yawn fight are coming off injuries that we don't know that they're going to recover from or be able to stay healthy through so some of TJ and Sterling right so we don't we don't really know something could happen in a training and these guys could be ready so yeah they do have that working for them where you don't know how long tj is going to take you know you can always re-aggravate or yeah. whatever and then obviously with Aljamain, we don't know what that looks like yeah he still seems like i feel like i saw something recently that aljo said march maybe he'd be ready to go in march but um you know we'll see if the ufc tries to make a move before that as far i mean i don't think they'll strip him but i don't know if you'd have yon defend you know the interim maybe that could be a situation where one of these guys could slide in if they wanted to do that like at that point they would just do a they would probably have him yeah vacate it and, unify yeah i think it's what's interesting is when you look at the font and all those numbers dimensions all that they're like super even on so much stuff yeah height they're they're real close reach they're real close percentages on strikes and takedowns they're all pretty real close so i think it's going to kind of be a little bit of a mirror match although i do think if it goes to the ground Aldo could have a little bit of an advantage there i think going back to your question about what do you do with these guys i think a lot of it kind of depends on how this fight goes because it's it's five rounds right Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm anticipating this being more of a war, I guess. And if, yeah. it, if that's the case, you know, you figure Christmas holidays coming up, they're probably going to want some time. And assuming Algermain can actually make, I don't know if they have a date or any idea in mind, but assuming he could make, like, say, a March, that would mm-hmm. that would fit pretty well into, you know, a time slot for, like, a backup fighter or sure. something like that. So Yeah, it's just either way, it's just going to be a really put either winner in a really tough spot. And I just saw that, you know, Rob Font had mentioned that you know, going into this week. And I'm like, man, you know, because he was like, you know, he's assuming he's going to win, obviously. But I started thinking, I'm like, man, it'd be the same thing for Aldo. Mm -hmm. And especially a little bit more for Aldo because he's already fought Jan and lost, you know. And it was a great fight. He looked really, he looked pretty good until he didn't kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a really interesting aspect of this fight uh, going into it. And, And I think both of these guys will do really well for themselves to just go out and put on a really good performance. Right. Honestly. And if, and if you're Aldo, you're probably a little bit more okay with waiting to see how things shake out. Whereas Font, he probably wants to stay more active, get more money, you know, keep his name out there. Yeah. Aldo kind of, he could, if he wins this, he could kind of skate a couple months sure. and wait to see how things shake out a little bit more than like a Rob Font could. In our co main event, we have a very 
interesting Oof. matchup as well in the lightweight division with 10 and 1 Brad Riddell taking on 10 and 1 Rafael Faiziv uh, both of these guys uh, coming into this fight off of very exciting barn burners. Brad Riddell's last victory was a unanimous decision over Drew Dober, a fight in which he actually lost the first round and was dropped a couple times in that fight. Uh, Faiziv, uh, last his last win was also a very entertaining decision victory over Bobby Green, almost the exact opposite of Riddell's uh, fight, in that uh, Faiziv actually started that fight very good and then faded in the third round and actually almost got finished right at the end of the fight uh, by Bobby Green. Uh, but boys, I feel like this is uh, Riddell's city kickboxing versus uh, Faiziv's Sanford MMA Muay Thai mm -hmm. and no way that this one isn't going to be an exciting fight. What do you guys think? here yeah it's good essentially you brought up those camps i didn't think about it that way um brad riddell's fight sticks out most of my mind i yeah. don't remember watching fazee recently but um yeah i don't have much to say about this one so guys. brandon didn't look up this fight i'm gonna nope, <laughs> not at all it, no, it's only the co-main well, well but it, <laughs> be honest go look go down that card and tell me those other fights aren't as no, this is a win. massive fight, ten and one versus ten and one. Okay, you're just talking about the record. I'm talking about the, Dude, the Brad, star powers. When I'm talking uh, about Brad Riddell, I think is four and zero in the UFC. I don't think Fiziev has lost in the UFC. Uh, I mean, it's just a massive. This is a big fight, and and you know, this is one thing I actually wrote down is, I think Riddell um, is a guy that we haven't really given much, I mean, in a very stacked lightweight division, is really underrated mm -hmm. and isn't a guy that we've given a lot of credit to and, and a lot of people because it is so top-heavy, obviously, in that division. But I'm telling you what, man, if he finds a way to win this um, this fight against Fiziev, um, it's going to be start uh, time to start having some serious talks about Riddell competing for a title or at least pushing himself up there, kind of like we just recently saw with Benil Dariush, right, mm -hmm. who... Took him, took a little bit of time, kind of chipped away, chipped away, and then once he had a fight like this, a big spot, mm -hmm. he succeeded, won, and now you know he's getting ready to fight a huge fight, possibly for a title. And I feel like this is very similar for Brad Riddell. Well, I think this is very similar to another guy who had one loss and then beat Drew Dober and then took off Islam. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that people don't talk about with Riddell a lot, he averages two takedowns a fight. Yeah, so that was one thing I think with Riddell with this fight is I think he's going to have to lean into his wrestling in this. Um, mm -hmm. I think he definitely holds an advantage there. Um, really, he does, Riddell struggles when guys are pressuring him early, especially like we saw with Dober. Mm -hmm. And he's really lucky that Dober kind of gassed as that fight went on. Some of that credit to Riddell, who, you know, started really going to the body a lot mm -hmm. um, and slowed him down a lot. But, you know, Faiziv is a guy that will is going to come out, get yeah, right in his face. Starter. He's going to start really fast. He's going to stay in the pocket with him. But, man, this is going to be a really cool, you know, not even just striker versus striker, but these guys are two pure kickboxing and Muay Thai guys, and it's mm -hmm. going to be a really interesting matchup. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a... I definitely think whoever wins this puts himself in a good conversation to get up into that. Yeah, I think Faiziv will have a couple more. This is definitely his biggest test, you know, by far. You know, it was Bobby Green, and, and now it's going to be um, Brad Riddell. Mm -hmm. um, so he's one that I think if he wins, you might have to see him fight another kind of like, not not a Drew Dober, but a guy kind of like another more established mm -hmm. name. Um, and then, but for Riddell, I think if Riddell wins this, it's going to be, a it would be a massive mm -hmm. victory for him. And I honestly... Even as I'm sitting here now, I know we're about to make picks. I couldn't even tell you because I just think stylistically they're yeah. so closely matched up with each other. Neither one of these guys has had a boring fight in the UFC. I don't no. see that changing. So is Vaziv ranked? 
I don't believe so. I can. Uh, I should have checked. I know uh, Riddell's twelve. He he's twelve, so I'd be willing to bet Fazeev is. Um, what were you gonna say? No, I was saying I would. I could see him being like fifteen or something like that. Yeah, because he's he's been on a bit of a tear. Of course, my internet's gonna be closed. A bunch of ads popping up. Rankings. Then okay, middle or uh, excuse me, lightweight. He is number fourteen. John mm. was close. So yeah. f- number fourteen versus number twelve. Um, you know, you got Gregor Gillespie sitting above him. Um, that's a good would fight. be a good fight, yeah, for for either one of these guys. But yeah, nonetheless, huge, huge fight with really, really big implications. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, go watch Rafael Fizi fight, man. Uh, sounds like I need to. And yeah. and and, ne- and next podcast, make sure you know a little bit about the coming event. Well, here's the deal. Look, it, look, it, look it'll, at this card. Do you think that they did, they should be the coming event? Yes. yes. Really? Yes, because there is bigger names, but most of these guys are old. So I understand the star power of the name. Jimmy Crew, Jamal Hill, or they're on a losing streak. They've lost. So let's run through the rest of this card. Leonardo Leonardo Santos versus Clay Guida. Um, so let's let's do some picks for these. These won't count for points. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on them. Uh, Leonardo Santos versus Clay Guida. Like I said, uh, Guida has lost three of his last four fights and uh, almost 40 years old. Uh, you kind of have to believe here um, that a win will be massive for his UFC future. Um, like I said, just with that age mixed with um, that only being three and four. Uh, so what do you guys think? Leonardo Santos versus Clay Guida. I think this is a good chance for Santos to get a good name on his record. I really like Santos here, man. He's got nine uh, submission victories in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Clay Guida's a grinder, man, and, and always down to battle. Uh, he's not going to make it easy for Santos, but I do like uh, Santos here. And being six foot at lightweight isn't a bad idea either. Yeah, yeah. He's he's no. definitely a bigger, longer guy. Um, the only thing I could see is, man, sometimes Guida, even as he's gotten older has just found a way to just make guys fight his style and mm-hmm. his way um and, and so i will kind of give him that but i do feel like his best years are behind him as much as i've enjoyed clay guida's career mm-hmm. um i think this could be the one to see him out the door right uh, brandon what do you think yeah um i feel the same i have, I have uh, santos in this fight i think just based off his submissions like he, a lot of them are arm triangle but we has been submitted Quite a few times, and he's probably going to try to take this to the ground. So I have sure. a feeling mm-hmm. Santos is going to be able to. Well, yeah, I have a feeling he's going to be him on the ground, and that's where um, Guida tends to thrive. And sorry, guys, my and this is like the most active Guida's been in a while. This will be three fights in twenty twenty one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next fight is Jimmy Crute returning after he got that drop foot and losing to Anthony Anthony Smith in his last fight. This time, taking on a guy we are all really high on in Jamal mm-hmm. Hill. Hill's hype was also derailed a bit in his last fight with a TKO loss to Paul Craig. Uh, boys, thoughts on this one because this is a big one. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, both of them coming off of losses here, but in a light heavyweight division, a win. These two guys, real quick interjecting, are throwing in this first fight. <laughs> this, I don't. This just looks like boxing with MMA gloves, but we'll get to it a little bit later. But yeah, this fight right here. Um, really big, I think, in the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. I think, once again, for uh, Jamal Hill, excuse me, to get a win here would be massive because he was on that crazy win streak himself. Got knocked back a little bit by Craig, but I think a win here could really put him right back up where he was. Right, I agree. And I'm going to pick him to win this fight as well, Jamal Hill. You got Hill beating crew? Yes. I do as well. I think he's really long, he uses it well, and he's, you know... 
a violent guy. And I mean, not to say that Crew isn't, but I kind of like his style. And Crew is tough. You got to kind of, you got to really put him away. So it's going to be a really tough fight. Yeah, for me, that's what kind of, I'm going to say Crew with this one because of that toughness going back and looking through Jamal's record. I don't think he's fought anybody with that. I guess that toughness aspect, you know, sure. that crew has like his best win, I think is probably OSP. Right. Um, but outside of him, you know, I think crew's going to be the biggest test in the sense of, you know, he's a young guy. He's kind of on a roll. To, well, he's coming off a loss, but he's, you know, coming up just like him. So it's going to be a good test for him. And I think crew's going to pull it out of them. And then also on the prelims, you got littered with big names like Manil cop, Jake Matthews, Will Knight, Philippe Lins, Luis Smoka, and a fun fight that I'm actually looking forward to between Alex Morono versus Mickey Gall. Morono, if people remember, holy cow, this guy just got knocked out of the ring. This is insane, <laughs> folks. Like, I, I don't even know what is going on. <laughs> These ropes look inflatable. They don't even look... <laughs> just like two cousins fighting in a cul-de-sac. This is hilarious. Um yeah, Alex Morono is uh, the uh, Donald Cerrone prodigy. Mm-hmm. I think he's on like a two or three fight win streak. And, you know, obviously Mickey Gall is, uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about Mickey Gall? Disappointed. Yeah. I think he's <laughs> but, but is it his fault, though? Because think about it. So he got on Dana White's looking for a fight and then called out CM Punk for his first ever. Like, we've literally seen Mickey Gall's whole professional career in the UFC. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. And I don't even know. I feel like he came in the UFC at like 19 or 20. Like, I don't even know if he's 23, 22 years old. He's a young dude. Um, he's 29. Oh, is he? He was born in 92. Oh, wow. I thought he was way younger than that. No. That's surprising. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it's just a tough, you know, regardless of age to fight your whole professional career, essentially in the UFC. Right. Um, that's going to be tough. And I'm going to take Morono in this fight, actually, because yeah. I think uh, he's just a dog and, um, I feel like Mickey Gall, I don't know, I can't recall if he's on like a win streak, lose streak, where he's at right now. He just beat, off and on. He just beat Jordan it's, Lane. That's He'll win he, one, lose yeah, one. That's what he seems like. He's kind of like a win. But, dude, I feel like sometimes when you're trying to figure it out in the UFC, that's just kind of what you get. It's basically what we got at Sergio Pettis, too, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, you know, whatever happens in that, you know, I'm not saying I want to see Mickey go outside the UFC, but I'm saying right. even in a loss, I think he'll be all right here. You got Schmolka starting it off. That's what I said. Luis Schmolka's on there. That's that's a big fight, man. Um, right there. This whole card, really, um, I'm really excited for it. A lot of really good fights, especially on the main card. Uh, John, give us our three to see Alrighty. before we get to our picks. We're going to start off with that boy, Manel Cop. Can he get back to his hype that he had when he started? He ran into a string of some really tough opponents as soon as he came in. I think his first fight was Pantoja, wasn't it? Yes. So he's he's got a, but he had a lot of oh, hype coming in. I know he's fought Pantoja. I can't remember if that was the first or the second. Though. Yeah. I, I just know he's got a, a, a tougher string of opponents, so hopefully he can get back on that hype train because I know like when we'd watched his highlights, we thought, like, man, this guy could really be a problem. Um, the next one is who folds first in a crazy matchup of two guys who don't quit even when they're hurt in Hill and Crute, whether it's popping your arm out or getting drop foot. These guys didn't want to quit their fight, so it'll be interesting to see who quits first in their fight. And lastly, can Aldo add another chapter to this crazy resurgence, or is Rob Font ready for his title fight? There it is. Let's get to our picks and predictions. Brandon, update us on our scoring. It's been a week. It's been a minute. So, uh, all right. So, John was the big mover last time. Um, he took the lead now. So, what was our last card? I do not remember. The last card was Grant, Yanez, and yes. Kiesa. Yes. Um, 
I went 0 for 3. So okay. you had gotten a point, I believe. So currently in last place is still Nate with 68. I would have picked, let's see, I picked. You had Grant by round 1 KO, yeah. Brady 3 sub, and yeah, 4 sub. That's what I wrote down. Who was, who was the main event? Uh, Caitlin Vera. Oh, and Misha, uh, and Misha Tate. And who won? Yeah, Caitlin Vera. So I got two points. Yes, so 68. So, yeah, you this had 66. Guy. Well, your score is right. I just told you. This guy. Okay. We don't even know if these scores Six, are right. So, 66. I know. We, at this point. Hey, you can always go back and listen. <laughs> at this I'm point. not stopping anybody. At this point. I just think uh, it's pretty fair to assume that you're going to be in last place. I mean, it's hard to. No way. Yeah, you've been in last for a while, buddy. We've got two fights this week, and then the last card of the year, we're probably going to make like five or six picks. I'm just saying, you've been in last place for a long time. Not really. Yeah. I jumped out of it like a couple weeks ago and then went back. Yeah. Well, here we are. So you're at I guess who took the last place from me. When? When you were out of it for like yeah. a week? Yeah. So anyway, I, I have 69. I think it was two weeks. Johnny of 73. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, 66? No, 68 is 60. you, 69 me, 73 John. Okay. I mean, that's still close. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you're talking from me to John's, what, five points, six yeah. points, something like that? Yeah. That's and nothing. We've man. all had these little weird four, five point, six point nights, so you exactly. never know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get to it. Our first fight that we are going to pick for is our co-main event, Rafael Faiziv versus Brad Riddell. I am going to go... I honestly want to pick Faiziv here because I do think he is the better striker and I give him a little bit more of the edge in that department, but I think we're going to see Brad Riddell wrestle. I think he's going to lean on it. Both of these guys have been on a string of decisions lately, um, which <laughs> probably means it's going to be like a first-round knockout, uh, but I'm going to go Brad Riddell, unanimous decision. I think he probably, like we've seen last a couple of his fights, really, going to start a little slow. Faiziv's going to be in his face, but I think he's going to grind it out. Ultimately, in the end, I'm taking Brad Riddell. Unanimous decision. Which one fights for City Kickboxing? Brad. <laughs> I'll take Brad Riddell by round one KO. Nice. Uh, I like I, I'm going to take Brad as well. I'm going to say... Bad Brad. I'm going to say, well, since the, the two most popular picks, unanimous decision and first round KO are out... I will say uh, second round. I mean, TKO. you can still do KO. You just have to do a different. Round. Yeah, I'm gonna do second round KO. There you go. Okay. I think he has a super good chin too, man. He takes some shots well. And then in our co-main event, boys, Jose Aldo Jr. Main huh? Main event. Or yeah, main event. Sorry, thank you. Main event, Jose Aldo Jr. versus Rob Font. I am actually going to go Rob Font here, and I. It's tough because I I almost, when I was thinking about this fight, I wanted to give it to Aldo just because of, the, you know, the five-round veteranship, and, and he's so used to going five rounds. And there is that veteran aspect of knowing how to win fights over the course of five rounds. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I still think Jose has a lot to offer. I don't think he's anywhere close to being done with his career. Um, I just think we're seeing a Rob Font. Uh, who's just kind of on a different level right now in his career. And I'm going to take Rob Font. Um, man, I could also see it going to a decision as well. Uh, we, you know, I don't feel like, have we seen Jose get finished in a while? He gone was the last one to finish. He him. broke the, he had the, that yeah. rib break and then he I just see, curled up. I, yeah, I say, I, I just, I don't, I don't think this fight gets finished. Um, so I'm going to take Rob Font again by a unanimous decision. Well, I think if it does finish, it's going to be late, late, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Font as well. Um, I just think that 
I just think it's his time, man. Just the way he looked against Garbrandt, the way he's looked lately. And I think Aldo's looked really good. I just have a feeling, though, here lately when it's come time to really, I guess really the only loss he's had lately is Jan. But I still feel like when it's been his time to show up, he hasn't. Between the Max fights, the Jan fight. So this is his time. I don't, I don't think he's going to show up. So I'll take Font round, I guess, round four KO because I wouldn't yeah. want UD. So. That's what I think. I think if he fit, it'd be round four or five. But he's got some freakish power too, man. Well, shocker. I'm going Jose Aldo. Yeah, yeah, we figured that uh, out. I'm going to say, because, and you know, another thing is Font hasn't fought in like six, seven months. Aldo's fought That's back in August. pretty typical, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying a lot of these guys, when they go on these runs, it's usually they're fighting a lot more often. And sometimes, I don't know, and that was his first five-round fight too, to kind of go to your point with the Aldo. But I'm going to go Aldo, unanimous decision. I think he... Uh, he can keep it going, keep circling, stay on the outside, do the leg kick, slow it down. And I think, but I do think it's going to be probably fight of the night. You said fight of the night? Yeah, that's what I think. Boys, there's there's some good ones on there, but that's the one. Real quick, we got so long on that Jimmy Crew, Jamal Hill, I completely fight, forgot the first fight on this card. Let me run it back real quick. Kicking off the main card, we're going to have Brendan Allen bringing his two-fight win streak in to take on Chris Curtis, who's making a quick turnaround after just beating Phil Haas, on November 6th, where mm-hmm. he was a late-minute fill, last-minute fill-in. Uh, you just saying the quick turnaround, I instantly was like, wait a minute, Chris yeah. Curtis. <laughs> so that's another fight. I'll be honest with you. I'm definitely taking Brendan Allen here, but what I just saw out of Chris Curtis and that Phil Haas fight, look out. Yeah. Bombs away, but I think uh, I think Brendan Allen takes him down and submits him. That's my yeah. prediction for that fight. That'll be a good one. Not for points, but... probably. They're probably ending with one of the better free cards we've gotten in a while. No, that this I'm telling you, this card is awesome, man. Really, the prelims, everything. I'm really, and it's not even just good fights, you know, as far as names or something. They're just like stylistically, these are all like I could see a lot of these fights being just wars. That William Knight fight's gonna be crazy too. That's what I'm saying, man. It's just littered, littered with big fights. Oof. Boys, that is it. Anything else before we move on from this UFC fight night? Watch it and tell us what you think. Yes, hit us up at Neon Belly Podcast. Boys, continuing our all-time MMA series, we spun the wheel. This week, we landed on Asia. So if you don't know, uh, you'd have to go back two episodes to hear. We did our first one, which was our all-time UK and Ireland MMA team. Uh, We got Asia up this week. Uh, I did not spin it, so... Because I don't think we're going to do it next week. We won't. Mm-hmm. We'll probably continue it the week after. Uh, but this week we got Asia. We're going to start it out right here. Are you guys ready? We're going to start at heavyweight, and I'm going to start it out. And I told these guys, <laughs> don't even bring a roster because mine's a lock. Lock it up, boys. Top to bottom, you ain't, you ain't getting me off my picks. Do you just want to just go through all yours? Nope. We're okay. starting at heavyweight, and I'm going to start it out right now with. The man, the Filipino, Brandon The Truth Vera. He won the WEC heavyweight title and more recently the uh, won the one championship heavyweight title and defended it two times before just losing it to the now champ Arjan Bueller. Uh, he's also fought at light heavyweight but has undoubtedly had his best success as a heavyweight despite being a little bit smaller for the division at times. Um, he's just an all-around legend and someone I genuinely used to love and look forward to fighting with that, you know, kind of Muay Thai style. One of the best celebrations after a big knockout with the waving it across the brow line. Mm-hmm. So my heavyweight pick is Brandon Vera. Okay, so I had him as well. 
Um, but I also had, okay, so for a few of mine, I had a, like one person and then a little slash and then another person. Just sure, sure, me. that's fine. Um, so I had Brandon Veer, but I also had the cur- one of the current heavyweights for one named, I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. I apologize if I butcher this, but Jiwon Kong. Um, he's a heavyweight for one right now. He's on a tear. I think he's five and one and he's a beast, but there's not a whole lot of heavyweights. No, no, that's a tough thing. You know, you even go back to like pride, even Mm -hmm. that far back, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the bigger Asian heavyweights, um, were just like, you go look at their records and they're like three and 18 and you know, it's just, you know, they were just literally punching bags for a lot of these big Mm -hmm. American stars like Dan Severn and, you know, green, you know, some of these bigger names that we, you know, it just, that's kind of what their, you know, Asia's history in the heavyweight division is. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you just mentioned and not even guys like that, you know, I can't at this, as we sit here today, I can't give that guy the all time list. Um, because he's just he's only has six professional MMA fights right over a guy like Brandon Vera who we've seen have a crazy long career right um and, and has won world titles but uh I it's kind of like we said with the UK last week is I feel like especially in these heavier divisions for Asia there's a lot of guys I was looking some guys up that's kind of the fun thing about doing this is kind of get to go there's there's a lot of guys in Bellator right now um, from Asian countries. So yeah, but I agree. It was a little bit tougher with the big yeah. divisions. I had Brandon Vera, but I also put this Suyoshi Kosaka. He uh, fought and um, he has wins over Fedor. He has wins over Travis Fulton. He, um, he's fought everybody. Um, he's beat Gilbert Yavel. He has some, some like old school big wins, but his record, he's had, he's fought both of the Shamrocks. His record's like 50 and 20, like one of those. Yeah. Like, see, that's what I kept on running into is guys that have like these humongous records. They sure. fought 90 times. Well, and let me get some clarification real quick. So, as far as the rules in terms of who we can and cannot allocate to a team based on like, where they were born or not born. So, Brandon Vera was born in Virginia. However, his dad is Filipino. He lives in. Uh, the Philippines and he fights out of the Philippines. So, so his nationality is he was born in America, but his nationality is Filipino and he lives in the Philippines and fights out of it. So he has like literally three out of the four. So this is fairly subject. I mean, we're kind of going off of I mean, there a is, few different variables here. Yeah, I mean, there is some, but if you look at it as where they were born, nationality. What does that mean? What do you mean? When you say nationality, what do you mean? Like what they were born as. So like his dad's, like, you know, like your parents or like whatever. Like lineage? Like, yeah, lineage. Okay. There you go. So like where they were born, their lineage, um, where they live now currently, and then where they fight out of, which those typically are about the same, right? Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I kind of take that approach. That's my personal criteria for this, for as we're doing these. Mm-hmm. And he meets three out of the four. You right. know, he just wasn't born in yeah. the Philippines, but yeah. he is Filipino, lives there, trains there. Yeah. I had him a second. And the only reason I didn't put Brandon Vera over the guy I did is because every time Brandon Vera has fought like a notable person, he loses. Sure. His biggest win is Frank Mir, and that was early, but he's lost to, you know, Shogun, Rothwell, John Jones, Randy Couture, Keith Jardine, Fabricio, Tim Sylvia. Keith like, Jardine. The, the Dean Amin. Yeah. Sorry. But I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be mad at it as far as, like, an overall, because that guy I said, you know, that Kosaka, he fought in 2020 recently, but he's 51. I yeah. Mean, he's got a, he's got a good record as far as he has a couple good wins, but he's 27 and 21. So. And that's the tough thing, too, is – a lot of these heavyweights is like you would see where they would go on a pretty good run mm-hmm. and then they would start doing professional wrestling. Yeah, he did this. He did that as and then well. I'm just, dude, like, 
and I know it's massive over there. Yeah, it's just a cultural thing. A hundred percent. But I would be like so frustrated looking at their records. Like, dude, you literally went like ten and zero, and then did like a year of pro wrestling and lost your next seventeen <laughs> fights in a row. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing, dude? Yeah, right. I really, I mainly wrote this guy down because he TKO'd Fedor. And he has a couple other big wins against guys I knew. That's pretty much for all. sure. Right. Okay. So we're gonna go around and say our heavyweight picks. I will start. My heavyweight pick is Brandon Vera. Lock it up. Brandon Vera. I'll go with. All you. right. I mean, we're two out of three, right. so you lost anyways. I wasn't. I wasn't. That's not. This is the sword I want to die on. I There's get, other I guys. Get you. Maybe light heavyweight boys. Bit of a curveball here. Not really though. I went with the Gracie Hunter, Kazushi Sakuraba. He's a UFC Hall of Famer, won the UFC night uh the won the 1997 UFC heavyweight grand prix actually. I actually had him as my heavyweight for a while. Uh because I feel like it's, you know, it's tough right with him. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh he defeated a two the 240 pound Marco Silvera who's actually a phenomenal coach. Um and um he came in excuse me, he came into that fight at 203 pounds, which is about what we see as the modern day, you know, light heavyweight. Uh, that also that fight also made him the first ever Japanese champion in the UFC. Um, obviously, Pride Legend was the first man to defeat Hoist Gracie in an MMA fight. Uh, he unfortunately did fight in a time when uh, open weight classes ruled the sport. So it's really tough to talk, lock him in uh, to a a specific uh, weight class. However, he did beat guys like Rampage Jacks and Vitor Belfort. Um, so from doing some uh, of the... Uh, Gracie, Hendrick Gracie. All, all Gracie the, he yeah. beat all the Gracies. Um, and, and so kind of doing research and looking at his career, typically he weighed in around this light heavyweight limit up up and down a little bit but mm-hmm. kind of right in that 205 area um and i think because of this little loophole in his career it is tough to lock him in like i said but i also think he does have many proven wins over larger guys and at that 205 uh, weight pound so that's why i went kazushi sakuraba okay so i had are we just going this way yeah, yeah, okay. yeah you can go so i had sakuraba on there as well but i had him in a I don't want to. I had him in a few different weight classes. Okay, like he kind of he sure. can kind of move all over. So Absolutely. I had him as a, as kind of I we could. I'm okay with putting him essentially anywhere, but I preferred not this one. Um, but what I had ne- who I had next to him was Machida. I don't know if we ever like made a quick quick and fast decision. Yeah. So once again, like going back to my criteria, what I was looking at on that is. Um, it was kind of like what we said with Overeem last week, or with the UK is like okay, yeah, Overeem was born in London, uh, but. He's never claimed it. He's always been a Dutch fighter. He's always mm-hmm. fought under the Dutch. He lives there, trains out of there. Well, he's trained a lot. He's back there now. Uh, but kind of the same thing with Machida. I did a lot of... I, so when we started talking about it, I did a lot of research on Machida. And other than his dad being Japanese, he has no other cultural ties. You know, he's never lived... He lived there for, I think, for six months. He trained there. Well, I mean, he's a big... He has a big role with, like, his karate background. Sure, but he does it in Brazil. You know, he's... Well, but, a, but that comes from Japan. I think it's... I mean... He's, he's Brazilian... I mean, he's he fights under the Brazilian flag. He trains there. Um, the only ties that he has to Asia is that his dad is Japanese. Mm. Okay, John, what do you have? I had Mazakatsu Funaki. Ooh. He has wins over both the Shamrocks and Bass Rutten. He has a 40-13 and 13 record. Obviously, he's wrestled as well, but he did the pan craze and the, like, the earlier stuff, but... Uh, Josh Barnett has described him as the symbol of Japan. That's cool, but Sakuraba is the symbol well, of I Asian have, MMA. I have Sakuraba at middleweight. Yeah, I, had to, so. I had at middleweight as well. Um, I don't know, because then it, I also had Chung Lee. Sorry, I mean, we're, we're I'm just saying, yeah, I, I mean, 
that's who I because I because I seen a lot of one eighty fives on his record too. So yeah, it's, if you do, yeah, he was kind of between up and down there, and it is tough to lock him in because he has. Mm-hmm. But I looked at his frame; he's about six six one, um, which it doesn't really put him in anywhere. Uh, but most of his fights, bigger fights, it was and Pride did it differently, right? Because they did that like cap; it was more like a cap, like you just couldn't be over a big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think for Sakuraba, this is a perfect slot for him. I don't buy into the Machida thing personally. That's, that's fine it, for um, me. This is more; it's less of a battle of getting Machida in there, and more of a battle of I want I want Sakuraba lower. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't see it. Um, I think there's plenty other picks lower that we can find for Asian fighters. And I think since we are so thin in these divisions, these upper divisions, if I had to pick an all-time great to go against another country's all-time great, who better at, at that division, light heavyweight, who better than Sakuraba? Because as we move down, there is a lot more options in lighter weight classes for Asian fighters. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, th- he was the one that was difficult for me because of the multiple it is tough. weight class. It, 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 yeah. I mean, it is tough. But I will say... I feel better about some of the other options at middleweight than I do sure. my secondary option. I mean, both of these guys are light heavyweight. Like I said, a lot of these guys I found these two heavier weight classes have respectable records in the amount of fights. Sure. They have a couple notable wins, but it's hard because most of the big name fighters in Asia when MMA took off was the American fighters going over there winning yeah, in pride. Yeah, and just to beat them up. Right. Sure, yeah. The, the Sakuraba, obviously, is kind of the exception because he just beat everybody. Yeah. I mean, he mm. was literally, like, one of the best. I mean, of his time... He's but, one of my favorite MMA fighters of all time. Yeah, like, I mean, he's he's literally... I mean, we're not even talking just Asia. He transcends Asia, um, and that's why I almost put him... Because I'm like, not that I say I look at, like, the heavyweight as the team captain, but... Um, I just feel like he, I mean, he literally mm-hmm. could fall anywhere, but I do think as we move down weight classes, there's so many more options mm-hmm. and I don't want him to get lost in that. So I think light heavyweight's a perfect slot for him because it's kind of wide open. What I would say is this, I agree. I would say there's no way he's not on the list. No. And if, if you're, our, our goal here is to give Asia their best chance at competing. Exactly. And if the other options at light heavyweight aren't as good sure. as the other options we have at middleweight. And I do think Machida would be a better option, but I just can't. I yeah. just don't. I because Qualification wise, I just don't yeah. have enough to put him there. So I'm locking in Sakuraba's light heavy. I want him on the list. I absolutely want I'm afraid if I don't pet, well, you're probably going to go Sakuraba. Yeah. I'm locking that. Yeah. Down. I mean, yeah, we'll go with that. That's fine. Middleweight. This is where we're going to start having a little fun, I think, because this is where it gets tough. Mm. Um, I went with Yushin, Thunder Okami. Uh, consistently beat some of the best guys in the world. Uh, even got a UFC title shot against Anderson Silva. Did beat Anderson Silva. Was by disqualification, but he does have a victory. <laughs> Win's, <laughs> Win's a win, man. <laughs> it is a win, yeah. right. Um, another guy who moved around weight classes, but once again, undoubtedly, his best success was at middleweight. Um, I do think... So here's my thing. Uh, I did have Kung Lee and Mark Munoz. However, Yushin beat Mark Munoz, so I think that puts him out because that's actually one we have we have something to compare those two mm-hmm. with. Uh, Yushin Okami did beat Munoz. And Kung Lee, man, it's tough because we had such a good sample size of his kickboxing career, but not so much in MMA. He beat some great guys, don't get me wrong. Ran strike force. Obviously, it's tough, too, because when he got to the UFC, he was definitely a little bit older. Um but the reason I can't put Kung Lee is because um, we have he lost to Michael Bisping, and Bisping is our UK middleweight. So I feel like once again, if you're talking about giving Asia the best chance to win, uh, it'd be tough to give it to Kung Lee. So that's why I went 
Yushin, Thunder, Okami. Mm, okay, I had Kung Lee. So I'm going to obviously kind of push back a little bit on this here. Um, I, I, I agree he did have a small sample size in the UFC, and a lot of that I don't think was his fault with the like the steroid I stuff agree, and all that. for sure. But, um, I, you know, the loss to Michael Bisping was a little tough, but I think, you know, if they run that back again, I think you know that could go but we can't do bit. it though obviously that but that's my point right so like when but, you say that well he lost to to bisping well that just knocks him down automatically i don't know that's fair well i'm just um, saying like in terms of eventually we're going to match these countries up against each other yeah. and you're going to just look across like okay who do i think wins the middleweight battle and it's you can't really put bisping i'm just saying if asia and uk were to match up it'd be really tough to put them against each other because we've already seen that well the only reason we can say that though is because we've seen we know who we have in our britain team we can't you sure. know what i'm saying so and we can do this with all of our teams mm-hmm. going across the board so i don't know if i would let me ask you this other than a very old rich franklin <laughs> who is his best victory in mma patrick Cote. yeah probably yeah and he's got like Frank Shamrock and a couple guys who are just like legacy guys. Sure. Once again, a little bit past their prime when he fought him. Definitely Shamrock was past his way past. Right. Um, but he even lost to a very old Vanderlei Silva. Mm-hmm. You know, who he almost dropped in the sure, first round. Sure, hundred um, percent. But I think when we saw him fighting in form prime guys like a Michael Bisping, and there's just not a big enough sample size like we had with um, Yushin. Who would you say Yushin's best win is? Uh, let me pull up Yushin. Obviously, Anderson Silva. A, win's a, a win is a win. Right. <laughs> Hector Lombard, maybe? Let me go. Hold on. Uh, yeah, you know, Lombard was a beast. Nate Diego, Diego Lima was a guy that had a lot of hype going in. I'm scrolling down. Uh, Alan Belcher was a big name back. Nate Marquardt, I mean, that's the fight that got him the title. And who was scarier at that time than Nate Marquardt, who was just knocking everybody out? Mark Munoz was a massive win. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dean Lister. Uh, Dean Lister was a little bit older at that time. Uh, however, I mean, talk about like just absolute submission specialist and dean lister went on to fight for many years after that so you know you could even argue evan tanner's another guy uh who was an absolute monster when they fought mike swick i mean just i mean this is just i'm mm-hmm. just these are names well man. and it's and it's tough too because if you just took like top three best wins against top three best wins it's a little bit it's just closer of a call, but when you start going volume, Okami just has so much more. It's just when you're cu- in this case, I know that's what I'm saying. So when you're looking at 37 and 14, and then you're wanting me to give it a guy who was nine and three, I just can't do that. Right. I can't put a guy nine and three as my all time great over a guy that was 37 and 14, beat actual legitimate guys in their prime, fought for a world title in the UFC against Anderson Silva. I just, to me, at middleweight, Yushin Okami, I just, to me, that's my pick. That's what I'm locking in. I'm going to stay with Kung Lee. I feel, I'm probably going to lose it, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going <laughs> to. I had um, I had Yushin Okami as my second. I had Sakuraba as my first and Kung Lee as my third. So I'll stick with my Okami only because, you know, it, I, I do see that the, the small – the small sample size makes it tough, and then yeah. and not getting to the upper echelons of the middleweight in the UFC makes it tough. Not that UFC sure. is the end-all, be-all, but it's a very big well, measuring yeah. and, stick. And at that time, you did have strike force. I think yeah, Bellator was still kind of coming up, but you did have strike force, which is where mm-hmm. he came from. But strike force just wasn't anywhere near 
the UFC. I mean, the, at that time, MMA was UFC. Mm-hmm. I think as time continues to go, you know, obviously when Pride was competing with UFC, they were kind of neck and neck. Mm. Pride folds, UFC kind of just ran the gamut for so long. Now we're seeing all these different promotions pop up. That's like, as I think is this list, because these lists are going to be ever changing. Like mm-hmm. we can probably do this, you know, every couple years, you right. know. Um, but yeah. And I think, yeah, I do. I am. I'm not like a hundred percent like there's no way Kung Lee even deserves the mention because he does have some good wins. And the argument of the Bisping thing is you don't know if they'd get matched up against each other in their tournament and Biz UK could lose in against another person. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean I'm just saying like coming off of that that we just did, it'd just be really tough. And and nine and three for your all time, that's yeah. your you know, that's your that is your Okay, but we also have Tom Aspinall at the heavyweight in Britain. That's, how many there's people? literally no UK heavyweights. But, but doesn't but your point is still there as far as he has very very low amount of fights. He just got into but the But there's UFC. literally no other options. <laughs> You don't that you can't find any Brit, British fighters. No, they're Phil DeFries who won one fight in the UFC. Do they have, does it have to be UFC? Or no, I think he only fought one. I, dude, trust me. No, I <laughs> yeah, it I'll, was. I have nothing but time to sit at home and look this. Stuff. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I found it, nobody. It was tough. Mm. So let's move on to welterweight. Um, this is one where I'm not. I can be swayed. I think a little bit. Um, because I'm I'm just kind of this is a more of a personal fave. Um, I went with the stun gun Dong Hyun Kim. Uh, he was a very high level high level welterweight and consistently also beat the best the UFC had at the time. Uh, he actually almost got a title shot when he won four fights in a row, but unfortunately lost his next fight to Tyron Woodley. Uh, but he was someone because of his dominant wrestling and really good striking that a lot of people wanted to see matched up with GSP. Beat guys like Nate Diaz, TJ Grant, Amir Sadala, Paulo Tiago, and Matt Brown. Beat all those guys in their prime as well. Uh, maybe not Nate Diaz. You know, Nate was pretty young at the time. But TJ Grant, people forget, that was a guy. I mean, he he retired because of, I think, brain swelling or something. Mm-hmm. But they were literally setting him up for like, he was His next fight was literally a title shot. Um, that's how good he was. Amir Sadala was a beast. Paulo Tiago, uh, Animal, Matt Brown was in his prime. Um yeah, so that was my pick. Um, I could, I'll, you guys tell me your picks, and then I'll kind of tell you because I have I have some more. But go ahead. So I had Kim as well, but next to him I also had Okami, <laughs> so that's why I was oh, kind of. Well, he did fight at welterweight a few a times. times. It wasn't as much, so that's kind of why. I, like some of this is hard for me because I just I had the same people, but I kind of had them shifted. Sure. Um. So for this one, yeah, I had I had Kim. I also had Okami. Obviously, with Okami being our our middleweight, then you know I'm, I'm sticking with Kim. Okay, I had a Shinye Oki. That was my second. Go ahead. I'll let the you guy go. has, I mean, as far as decorated, the things he's done is crazy. As far as even outside of UFC, sure, like, in in jujitsu and stuff like that. I mean, he's, I mean, forty seven and nine. Sure, has some good wins. Um, you know, still relatively. I mean, he's still active and still with the, with those type of uh, those type of that type of a record as far as number of fights. Um. He's only lost to just top-notch guys, Eddie Alvarez. So that was my biggest problem is at 47-9, and nine, um, when your only losses are to top guys and, and you don't really have one. He did beat Eddie. Him and Eddie were one-and-one. Mm-hmm. One. Um, but, you know, you're, so his losses are Gilbert Melendez, Ben Askren, Eddie Alvarez, and then more recently the young killer, uh, Christian Lee, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't look too much into that because, you know, Shinya Oki's a guy he probably could afford to hang it up. He is still active and fighting. So... He's- on a big win streak, Kim. Yeah. yeah, but him losing to a, a young beast like Christian Lee doesn't bother me too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely respect the fact that, like you said, he's won world titles all over the world. Could be some American bias because he's never won a world title in the American market. 
Mm-hmm. And when we did see him fight in the American market was when he was losing to all these big names, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, that's it. it, it uh, that's the one that's tougher for me, uh, just because I do feel like in terms of consistently fighting the best, biggest, best names in the world, that's why I kind of, and and I just literally have watched more Dong Hyun Kim right. than Shin Yaoki because once again, up until recently, watching a lot of these Asian promotions hasn't been as easy as it is now. Right. Well, I will say this, though. To have that argument goes against Brendan Vera because Brendan Vera never beat the good guys, and he had to go outside of the UFC to get his sure, better wins. Sure. He's kind of like in that Tom Aspinall thing, though. When you're talking to Asia, yeah. there's just not many other options. Though. Well, I guess on the flip side, this guy has what the other guy had at heavyweight as far as number of fights, but also what Brendan Vera yeah. had in like the losses against the good people. But I would say... <clears throat> that, that's who I had one, but I also did have the stun gun is number two. I had Don Hoon King. Yeah, this is, two. this is it's a tough one, man. I I swear I I literally had this whole thing about how it was Shinyaoki, and then I'm like, man, I've really never seen him fight. Um, I have seen his fights. But I've never, I've never really been, you know, but I remember being a, like a fan of Don Yoon Kim. So like there is a little bit of that bias, I can admit, with this pick mm-hmm. for me at welterweight. Um, and like I said, he was someone at the time that I was like, man, he is such a really good wrestler that I think he could give GSP a lot of problems. Um, so that's why I went Kim. It is more of a personal thing, I guess. <laughs> right. I was a fan of him. So I'm well, gonna, and the other thing for him is all his losses were against the best guys, too. Sure. You know, yeah. he never got over that hump either. So, so I'm locking in Kim, uh, but it wouldn't be upset if it went the other way. I'm locking in Kim as well because of my 55 pick. Right. I'm locking in Aoki, but it doesn't really matter because it's 2-1. to one. Sure, for sure. 55, that's another, Brandon just said it, this is another tough, deep division with a lot of history in Asia. But, once again, I went with another personal favorite, the fireball kid, Takanori Gomi. Uh, Gomi absolutely ran the lightweight division during the Pride days. By the time I think he was like thirteen and one in Pride, uh, won the title. Obviously, by the time he made it to UFC, we definitely didn't get the best sample of him. But uh, like I said, was undoubtedly one of the best lightweights of his time. Not even just in Asia, we're talking in the world. Um, and kind of like we said with Bisping last week, when I think Asian MMA, other than Sakuraba, I think Gomi. Um, but what do you guys think? I had Aoki. I, I had Gomi mm-hmm. as well, but he was my second. I had Aoki before him. Um, did he fight at lightweight? He had a few fights at lightweight. Did he? Aoki. I thought he was... Oh, yeah, but you kind of moved everybody down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I had people shifted down, like, I think one than compared right. to you guys. So that's what... The tough thing, is, too, is, like, with that, what I... <clears throat> is, like, with, like... Because I almost didn't put Brandon Vera as my heavyweight, but then I'm looking, I'm like, man, every time he fought at light heavyweight, he wasn't successful. Right. And I think it's kind of the same thing with some of these other guys, like like Yushin Okami. I don't think Yushin Okami ever won a fight at welterweight. Um, I, I specifically know I looked at that. I know he, I don't think he won one at, oh, he won one at light Yeah, he beat, he beat this, no, it's for the dream lightweight title. I don't, I don't think he won one at welterweight. He lost to Melendez. We're talking about lightweight or, or welterweight? Uh, for like, Okami? Yeah. Welterweight. Oh, hang on. I was going to lightweight. Okami, well, the, the hard Okami thing fought t- at lightweight? No. Are talking about Gomi or, or sh- are you thinking about Shinya or? Sorry, Shinya Aoki. Is oh, I about. thought you were saying, okay, I thought you were talking about Okami. No, no, no. Sorry, oh, sorry. Okay, Shinya sorry. Aoki. I may have said Okami. That's my bad. Yeah, you I'm did. Saying, I'm saying Aoki. Okay. I had Gomi as mine, but it's because I had Aoki as my. Sure. I think that's what, I, I think they're going to be the only not the only but the main ones that have that issue of fighters who it is tough when you're pride days man yeah those early days were the wild wild west where 
you could get up against anybody and you never know how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, and like I said, these guys fought so much. I mean, Gomi has fights at featherweight, lightweight, and welterweight. Yeah. And and the thing with Gomi, like I said, we didn't see him in his best in, in the UFC, but he is one of those guys like uh, Sakuraba where you genuinely have to look outside the UFC because when he was in Pride, he was beating, you know, Pride pretty much ran those load. I think he beat like Jens Pulver, um, who at the time... Uh, was a guy that everybody considered to be the best lightweight in the world. Dwayne Ludwig. Ludwig. So uh, he genuinely was not only at one time the best age, I mean, he was just the best lightweight in the world at one point in time. I do want to throw in here, uh, Shinya Aoki has a win over Kazushi Sakuraba at welterweight. Really? Mm. <laughs> I did, that, that was part of... Just throwing that in. He had some He had some good ones. Uh, I'm going to lock in Gomi. Same I feel good about that. Well... I lost uh, well, that one. <laughs> well, this whole thing was literally just two people will lock one in of yeah. the other guy, in, but I, I, there wasn't always. I mean, I'm not mad at him. I just had different weight classes for yeah, most of the no, guys. No, for sure. But that, but with Asian MMA, when you're talking the top and the best, you have to go back so far, um, and and because really the more modern guys that you know, you've got like Li Jilingong. You know, there is some guys in there now, but they're not ready to be in those spots. So you do have to go back so far that you're going into a territory where guys have just fought across so many different weight classes. Yeah. yeah. So for the biggest thing for me, was where to put Sakuraba. Cause he, I guess had, you know, he had the biggest jumps where he's fought sure. all the way from heavyweight yeah. all the way down to, he was the, top you know, one. so where, and the question then being like, okay, where does he perform the best? And I feel like you're too big. There were are two Oh five and one eighty five are kind of sure. your big spots. So I thought he performed a little better at one eighty five. I may need to go back and look at his record, but doesn't matter anyway. So, so let's run through it. Lightweight, the Fireball Kid, Takanori, Takanori Gomi, Welterweight, we went with the Stun Gun, Don, Hume, Kim, uh, scrolling up, sorry, Middleweight, Yushin, Thunder, Okami, our light heavyweight is the Gracie Hunter, Kazushi Sakuraba, and our heavyweight, Brandon, the Truth, Vera. That is our all-time Asia MMA team. Let me say this. Shout out to Asia for absolutely killing the middle names, the fighter names. <laughs> yeah. Like one dude, the, uh, who was it I was going to put, maybe, was it Shinya Aoki is like the grandfather of flying submission? Like his like... <laughs> oh, he's got some... Yeah, he's dude, got there's some like stuff. some like crazy, uh, crazy nicknames for some of these guys. So mm -hmm. that's Asia. Um, boys, we're going to take another week off from this uh, because next week we are going to do another fight pantry for the last uh, pay-per-view of the year. Um, so we will get back to it the following week. And actually, we're going to have a couple weeks to really burn these out. So it's going to be fun. And, oh, yeah. And we're going to have some more facts. Don't care about your feelings to finish the year, too. Right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. Uh, boys, we're going to jump into the news. Actually, this week, instead of jumping into the news, uh, I'm going to say, instead of pushing the button, I'm going to say we're going to jump into the news. And, John, I want you to freestyle a news jingle for us. Okay. Ready? All right, boys, we're going to jump into the news. Going on the news. Mm, we're going on the news. Mm -mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to do this. I could, I could you. never do <laughs> If you said that to me, I would literally just sit here. <laughs> go, into, go into your head or your family dies. Love you guys. <laughs> boys, first announcement we have. Benil Dariush versus Islam Makachov agreed to a five-round five, a five main event bout on February 26th. Look out. This is definite number one contender match. Has to be. Okay, yeah. well, he answered that question I had on the group chat. Was, yeah. Is this a number one contender match or is this a spot to fight for a number one contender? I didn't see the question. Um, huh. 
That's tough, man. I, I feel like it is a number one contender match, uh, but I mean, I I do hate to say the c word, but Connor is always hovering about. Well, Justin, Justin's out I there. Mean, that now. was your big argument last week. Yeah, no, for Justin sure. Needs that, it. And that's that's going to be the tough thing. You know, I don't know if Winter faces Justin. It, the The lightweight division is going to be. I think we'll know a lot more after this next pay per view uh, because we need to see who wins, right? Because mm-hmm. if once again, I, I don't think if Dustin wins, Oliveira deserves an instant rematch, anyways. Um, but weird things happen in fights that do warrant instant rematches mm-hmm. right so i think we're gonna have to wait that discussion until then but this is a massive mass this is this is big boy fights right here for mm-hmm. sure i think uh, islam tweeted there's no doubt after this yeah, one that's what he's i think this no, is like yeah. the first time a seven in a row guys fighting a nine in a row guy as far as number of wins yeah like, it's it's a sure. i mean and uh, and to be honest whoever wins this if they don't after the the Dustin Charles fight, if they don't immediately say Gaethje's the the next guy, the winner of that fight has a better claim if yeah. they don't set it up before Justin gets a chance to hurry up and snatch it. For sure. Um, next fight we have announced Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikadze, official for UFC Fight Night on January 15th. I believe that's the first fight of the year, uh, first main event of the year, I mean. so Don't that, blink. <sighs> Do not blink. Keep your eyes open. I cannot open. wait for like that. in that fight. That one gets me all sweaty when I start thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> next thing we got, next bit of news, Dan Hooker announces he's going back to featherweight and says the number one guy he wants to face first is the Korean zombie, and I say sign me yeah. up. Yeah, Set it up. What do you guys think about Hooker wanting to move back to featherweight? Makes sense. I think yeah. his team didn't like it. Oh, really? Uh, he The reason he posted that picture is because he wanted to prove to him that he can comfortably still yeah, make so the tell, cut. Yeah, so tell people about the picture. I forgot about that. He uh, he posted a picture of his him weighing, like showing his weight at yeah. 145, and that was his kind of announcement for it. But I had heard that he did an interview where his coach really didn't like the idea of it, but he basically took that picture and did the cut to prove to them that he could comfortably oh, still make I wonder make if 45. it's a bad, bad cut for him. Yeah, maybe he figured it out. Or I mean, I, I will say this. I hope. He... I think he definitely, ha- if he can comfortably make the way, good move for him. He has a lot of and reach I think he and height, it. and because he's in that position too, man. Like we were kind of just talking. I mean, it's a little bit different because you know he's he's lost. You know what? No, he's won. He's won one, lost one. But um, he he just he is kind of in the middle of that division, and it's going to be really hard to get back to the top at the lightweight division. Well, and he made enough noise in the lightweight division. I feel like now that he's back at forty five, it's it's mm. it's opened up new opportunities for him that are mm-hmm. going to be a bit more exciting. Whereas if he'd done this initially, you know, it's like well, kind of like mm-hmm. some there was somebody in a similar case, exactly what you're saying. Um, well, kind of like. Um, that's like what Cody's Cody. Cody. Cody was going to go down uh, and fight for the twenty-five. He is. Well, he's not. He's fighting Kai Car of France. He's making his debut. Right, but remember, he was kind of on a bit of a skid, and he was like, yeah. "I'll just go to twenty-five. And they're like, "Oh, well, we'll give you a title shot." Yeah, yeah. Now, it's like now, now, now <laughs> coming off two losses. Yeah, now, yeah. Now the forty-five division is a little deeper, right. so it's a little different. But uh, <laughs> but no, I think I think it's a great. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about that. But I do think it's a great yeah. move if he can safely and, and comfortably make it. I think it's a good move for him. I think it's the only thing that gets. A little dicey is if he does go on a streak. Yeah. Will he fight Volk? Oh, I didn't even think about that. That is interesting. And I mean, if you beat Korean Zombie, you're immediately into that top 10 conversation. Kind of like what Brandon said, given who he is, too. I don't don't think he gets there, though. You don't? Yeah, that may be harsh, but I just have a feeling. I mean, seeing him at his best, I can't count him out against anybody. 
It's going to yeah. be interesting. And I'll be honest with you. I gave Aldo no chance when he moved down and he's proved me wrong. So yeah, just because it is, you know, well, he's been there. So everybody's mm-hmm. different. That's, that's and why even I, Dustin, you know, yeah. Dustin making that weight cut down. He was kind of just a middle of the road guy at 170. I felt like, and I think 55, he feels a little does, bit more. It does. Boy, it does make a difference. 70. Huh? No, 55. He was at 45. Oh, okay. 55. Yeah. Yeah. I I like, what did I miss? <laughs> Last bit of news, boys. Diego Sanchez took to his Twitter to announce he is currently being hospitalized for COVID, pneumonia, and blood clots in both of his legs. So uh, we definitely just want to send some prayers and get mm-hmm. well wishes for the legend, Diego Sanchez. Right. So that's sad. I hate I hate seeing that. But like he said, it's like it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can... Uh, make a speedy speedy recovery that's really all i got in the news i don't know if you guys had anything else the only other thing i didn't really it wasn't really newsworthy or noteworthy because nothing's obviously been made official but i did see colby covington said that he would love to fight hamzat mm-hmm. right now <laughs> right uh i seen um and not that this is huge news but for us like you know we're, we're fans of this guy uh paul felder's already flirted with the idea of coming back and he said the Saw only that. two yeah. fights he would do is connor for money like the big money fight or if they did a big Philly card with all the guys he trains yeah. with, Sean Brady, the Dacuses, yeah. and stuff like that. He said he would come back to do like a big card in Philly. Interesting. Brandon, song of the week. Song of the week. I didn't pick this week, guys. I, I totally totally dropped the ball there. Oh. But it's okay. I can, I can pull one. Freestyle. What's something you listened to um, recently? Let's see. What did I just listen to recently? Okay. Um, you can go Metallica. No, this is, yeah. Well, this is going to be like that. I hate my dad kind of music stuff that you guys probably don't oh, know. I don't know much about. So oh. we're going to go with uh, Fleabag by Youngblood. <laughs> okay. I think you've done another Youngblood song. I did. I did. He's one of my he's one of my favorites, so it's easy. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? When you say Youngblood to us, it means a whole <laughs> yeah. different thing. Yeah, not not, not uh, that. This that's is the artist. The Youngbloods. Yeah, and that's a and that's like a time period like capsulation type of group, like songs. Mm. No, 100%. Well, that's all we got, boys. I feel like there was something I was going to say on the way out, and I cannot remember, so we'll save it for next time. John, what's your one for the road? Really enjoying Hawkeye. Yeah, we haven't had much MCU talk lately. There's been a lot of stuff. I haven't watched much of it. Um, I just watched... Shang-Chi, I think. Shang-Chi. You, you sound told yeah. Me. Shang-Chi. 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 Uh, I did just watch that really good. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, I think, origin story-wise, that's about 10 out of 10, good as you can get, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they nailed it. Really excited to get into Hawkeye. It's good, I've been man. hearing nothing but good things about it. Yeah, Jacob actually had a really good point on the game the other night where he was saying that it kind of showed <laughs> how bad Winter Soldier <laughs> yeah. was. And that is hard for me to say as a massive Captain mm-hmm. America fan, but it really it really does. Two episodes in, and I'm already, yeah, yeah it's heads in. Well, it's fun to... Because this brings it back to a street level instead yeah. of this galactic, everybody's in space. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited so. to watch it, really. And then the, uh, what's the, not the Immortals. The Eternals. 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 I haven't seen that, obviously. Have yet. you watched all of What If yet? No, I don't know if I will. It's animated, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I could do it, man. But same same actors and like do the voice for most of them. So. Maybe I can give it a shot. I'm definitely going to watch Hawkeye first, though. Mm-hmm. Cause it's there. That's week to week, right? They yeah. did two episodes mm-hmm. for the first. So. Yeah. Oh, nice! So, so the two, first yeah. two are out. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I imagine they're probably trying to wrap it up by Christmas. So next I think year, there's only six. Just, yeah, I think yeah. there's only gonna be. What six do you guys episodes. think? Like the, in the MCU right now? Do you think it's in a good spot, or do you think it's in limbo? Because I feel like sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, as a Star Wars fan, um, like I love Mandalorian, 
Uh, but I feel like sometimes it just gets to be too much and then everything kind of becomes a little bit watered down. Um, and I feel like the MCU might be there a little bit right now too. So as a massive MCU fan, massive Marvel fan, I, I'm getting close to that point. We just went and watched Venom and I don't, Venom, let there be carnage. And I don't want to do any spoilers, but based oh, on fan, the, yeah, based on the end credits of that, that's exactly how I felt. Like it was cool to see, but I'm like, man, this is almost getting to be too hard for me to, to follow and stay into because in mm. order to, to understand a lot of what's going on, I have to be up to date with everything. And the, it's just hard to do at this point because with the multiverse and everything, it gets, gets, it gets hard. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of sure. how I feel. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what's your one for the people? One for the people would be, make sure you guys keep reading. Have you guys read? Did you guys read it all lately? No. Did you read anything today? Facebook. You should read something every day, a book. not Facebook. I just finished count. a book yesterday. That series that I, I've i talked about reading all oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like four offshoot books that they did. It's like a... Talking about your alchemist thing? Yeah. Mm. So I just read one of the offshoots, and there's like three more that I'm going to try to get through there before the end of the year. So that'll put me at like 17 I books. Need a, I need I'm to gonna, buy a new book. I'm going to come back. I got a book for you. I haven't bought one. I I haven't bought a new book since... Well, since I went on thirds, because I just... Mm-hmm. I quit. Because like when I come home, I, used, I usually read before bed. So when I was on thirds, I'd come home, go straight to bed. There was no way I was going to read. And then most days I was waking up, going straight to the gym or, you know, trying to get stuff done. So mm-hmm. I haven't read a book in a long time. I'm going to come back to that. That's going to be my constant. Make sure you read. Have you guys been reading? You got to make sure you start throwing out some suggestions for people, though. Oh, You don't fine. want them to you, read You some. may not like my suggestions. Though. That's well, I mean, you just got to give people something to look at. Because if you don't give them read, well, technically, if you're on Facebook, you're reading. If you're, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> don't read Facebook or social media. You should be reading a book. And whether that's Kindle or an audiobook, that's fine. But you should read some sort of book. There it is. Well, make sure you, my one is make sure you come back next week. We got a big episode. Obviously, mm-hmm. going to be previewing the pay per view, the last pay per view of the year. And we'll I miss have, fights already. Yeah, it's a huge card. We'll have our fight pantry and so much more as usual. Enjoy your week because guess what? What? We'll be back soon. <laughs> Peace. Bing bong. Drink your water. Drink your water. <laughs> <laughs>